Welcome to the daily VFN Radio Highlights, where we're keeping the conversation light at VFNTV.com. Enjoy. And so Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, he's talking about the relationship in a recent interview with 60 Minutes about you know, what his, his perspective of is where things are going with President-elect Trump. Let's take a look. I know Donald Trump. Uh, I know him very well. Uh, and I, I think his attitude, his support for Israel is clear. He, he feels very warmly about the Jewish state, about the Jewish people, and about Jewish people. There's no question about that. With Trump, do you think that Israel will not be as at odds with the United States as you have been under the Obama administration? Uh, yeah, we had differences of opinions with, uh, I had differences of opinion with President Obama and most uh, well-known, of course, is Iran. Was it personal between the two of you? No. No, I don't think so. I think that, suppose we had the greatest of personal chemistry, okay? So what, you think I wouldn't stand up against the Iran deal if I thought, as I did, that it endangers the uh, the, uh, the existence of Israel? Of course I would. Contrary, I think that it's my responsibility to speak up when uh, something threatens our very future. I mean, it just makes sense. We, we used to speak up. I mean, under our new presidency, I think that we'll speak up when people try to threaten our, our population. But it's a common thing when we somebody's... That's what we'd want. Yeah, somebody's going to... I mean, you want yeah. as a Marine to stick up for us and, and we defend our family when we're under attack. And, and Israel's... I mean, we say it again and again, but you're looking at approximately 70 miles wide at its widest point. When you're that small, they say, they say people that are small have to strike fast mm -hmm. and first because they, they don't strike first and fast. Sometimes it doesn't, those are the ones that always hurt me in law enforcement was the smaller the ones. ones you gotta look out yeah, for. They always hurt me. Like, Ow, man, that hurt. So, so he's talking specifically here about, he's feeling comfortable where things are going. And people began to say a narrative about, you know, speak a narrative like, you're gonna miss all this intelligence that this Iran deal gives, you know, America. And it's like intelligence. And as a matter of fact, he talked specifically about the Iran deal, because remember President-elect Donald Trump saying he wants to totally renegotiate or do away with that deal. It's been a, it's been a crazy yeah. deal. But listen to see what Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says. I think uh, Iran didn't rush to the bomb before there was a deal. Uh, really? No, because they were afraid of retribution. But if, okay, you get rid of the deal, mm -hmm. then what? I think what uh, uh, options we have are are, are much more than you think, many more. And I'll talk about like it. Like what? President Trump, well, I think quite a few, actually. Because there are way, various ways of undoing it. You have something in your mind. Yeah, I have about five things. Well, give mind. me one. Well, I'd like to talk to the president before I talk to 60 Minutes. Kind of makes your face melt, though. It's yeah. like, okay, you're speaking to a prime minister of Israel, and, uh, you know, I just pray that the press would move to a better place mm -hmm. in, in presenting that. We want to honor, you know, especially Israel. Yeah, absolutely. So he's saying specifically, he's got five, you know, possible ways to do this thing instead of having to do the other. And they, some people were saying that intelligence came through this deal, that, you know, that people that hate you, that want to push you into mm -hmm. the sea, who want to destroy you, who, who uh, teach their children uh, about um, intifadas and all these different things taking place, that they are going to give you share intelligence with you. Well, this is what Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said had to say about the Iran deal being beneficial for intelligence for Israel. 
I think we have, uh, the, the deal is not the critical thing of intelligence. Intelligence is a critical thing. Which Israel is really good at. Which is we're very good at, and we, we you know, with a little help from our friends. So you don't think we're friends. gaining that much by these on-site inspections? For intelligence? Yeah. No. What about the silver lining, that because of this deal, you now have all this, these better relationships with your neighbors? Oh, wow, that's true. I okay. Would say, I will so, say this. The only good thing I can say about the deal with Iran is that it brought the Arab states and Israel closer together. It's the old proverb, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. On a trip to the desert town of Beersheba, he told us there's been a tectonic shift. It's been reported that Israel and the Arab world are sharing intelligence. All I can tell you is that Israel's position in the Arab world has changed because they no longer see Israel as their enemy, but as their ally in their uh, indispensable battle against the forces of militant Islam, either those led by Iran, the Shiites, or those led by uh, Daesh, by ISIS, the militant Sunnis. We hear that you have dramatically improved your relationship with Egypt. Correct. Is that correct? Yes. Jordan? Yes. Saudi Arabia? No comment. I have to ask you, because it's the most fascinating of all. Israel and Saudi Arabia. Are you actually developing an anti-Iran alliance in the Middle East? It doesn't have to be developed. It's there anyway. It's there anyway. Mm. I mean, Israel is such a friend. You missed the whole program that we had on Israel. They are blessing so many nations and so many mm -hmm. people in so many ways. And this whole tension that was created out of the current and soon leaving administration pushed Israel and others to begin to build alliances. Yeah. And they've always given things away. They've always offered uh, resources to others, a lot of technology like the facial recognition and social media and so many different mm -hmm. things it goes on for days, medical things, agricultural things. Health, yeah, it just continues Health. on and on it's, and it's beautiful to see. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, they, some of the alliances they built, check out what he said about the alliances that came through them actually, this tension, but also giving things away and providing technology for other countries. Israel is developing a whole skein of new alliances, in some cases with countries that have been challenging the U.S. around the world. Like Russia, which has placed its troops in Syria, Israel's next-door neighbor. That's a big question because Russia's fighting someone, they're telling you who they're fighting, in Syria, which is like the hat on your head. It's like the, the top northern border of Israel and they're supposedly fighting for Assad, mm -hmm. fighting against the uprising in Syria and uh, ISIS, they said. And uh, Aleppo is being totally destroyed. This is like 10% of the population is even left, even in that place right there. But when we get back from the break, we want to find out what does Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has to say about this and understand that now that America is going to stand with Israel and Israel is going to stand, stand with America. That's a powerful force. Absolutely. And these alliances that have been built right there and some prophetic things have been said about Russia that we had on an earlier program that uh, you know God loves Russians, God loves Chinese, God loves Americans, God loves Arabs. And so you know, a revival is supposed to come out of Russia. As a matter of fact, this huge right. billion soul harvest to begin there. So you know, God knows what he's doing. This is so exciting about what America's relationship with Israel, and it's just we're coming into mm -hmm. the fullness of who we really are. And this is, we've always stood with Israel from the Absolutely. moment that they, they came. But this is yes. really, really, really standing with it. And I think about that scripture again, when you think about this, while we're talking about this, is because a biblical perspective is when a country stands with Israel, 
even a non-Christian country, but a country stands with Israel. He says in Genesis 12, 3, he says, I, God, the creator of the universe, is holding everything together, who calls Israel the apple of his eye, where Jesus Christ will ascend on, the mount, on, on this mountain there and a split in two. And, you know, just, so he's going to rule and reign and set up his kingdom. And this is like the epicenter of what God has been talking about for, for thousands of years. He says, I will bless those who bless Israel. I mean, think about it. This is a shift of mercy taking place. And I think about, you know, what Prime Minister Benjamin Yahoo was speaking about in regards to, you know, Syria and, and, and Russia's relationship. And as a matter of fact, you know, as soon as he started, you know, we didn't go talk to, you know, there's more, I'll have more flexibility after the election. I'll transmit that to Vladimir. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that we got. But he went directly to uh, Putin, President Putin, and started talking to him about, you know, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And they decided what they were going to do at that particular point. Take a look. How would you describe your relationship with Russia right now? It's uh, amicable. But the minute Mr. Putin decided to put uh, his military forces in Syria, I went to see him. And I said, look, here's what I'm doing. I'm not intervening in Syria, but at the same time, if Syria tries to intervene with us, if Iran tries to use Syria to attack us, we'll stop it. You're telling Mr. Putin that you will attack. I said, we should avoid this. And he said, I agree. So we coordinated uh, between our militaries because no one wants uh, an inadvertent Israeli-Russian clash. It's so amazing, you know. By the way, when Israel says, I think we should avoid this, yes. that's a very good thing. But the, the, um, when you're looking at, as law enforcement, for example, when I'd show up at a hostage situation and they had hostages in this house or in a bank or something of that nature, we would actually talk to the, to the, to the suspect. We would talk to the one who had the people mm -hmm. held hostage. The first thing you do is you want to start communications with them because you want to start seeing where you can go with this thing. Can yeah. you, would they have any demands? This, what's going on? And these people now saying that you shouldn't have any relationships with countries around. These are the very same folks that said they wanted to sit down and talk to the Shah of Iran. You know, that they wanted to talk to the, the, uh, the, um, you know, the leader of religion in Iran, uh, the, yeah. uh, the I, Ayatollah. Ayatollah. And so supposedly, Leslie wrote letters to the Ayatollah. I mean, Russia's nothing compared to that. They just, Iran doesn't just have the power that Russia has, but in comparison to American Russia, it's just a, it's a big difference. But they have, you know, nuclear capabilities, and that's why you got to pay mm -hmm. attention to it. But, I mean, the fact is, you want to find out if somebody's fighting a war at your northern border, like if Canada was in a war. You want to go talk to him? We want to go talk to the Prime Minister of Canada and say, so, uh, How's it going? what's going on here? <laughs> Just want to let you know, if something comes over into Iowa or mm -hmm. New York or something like that, we're going to have to deal with it. But mm -hmm. other than that, and it was wise. And they're even talking about, about the president-elect. They're saying that he has some sort of relationship with, uh, with Russia. If you're a worldwide business person, you have you know businesses with, um, relationships yeah. with people all around the place. And if you look at the people who want to do business internationally, which are tons of Americans, they just wish they had those kind of relationships. Absolutely. And one of the Secretary of State nominees, they're talking about, uh, first name is Rex, can tell you his last name right now, but he has, he's, you know, he's head of, exec, uh, of Exxon Oil. For 40-something years, he's been employed and dealing with all these countries of the world. And they're saying that's a negative thing. That's actually a positive thing, because if you can get a deal done, then that means you can get your country's right. deal done and things to happen. And it's the most exciting, you know, um, uh, you know, I don't know where it's going to go with us, but I know this is the most exciting administration I've ever seen because 
everybody's being put in place to do exactly what mm -hmm. was said and that's their basically desire their passion inside of them and it's just exciting so here you know, all of a sudden prime minister benjamin netanyahu is being accused now because he talked to russia which he should because there's a war going on 50 feet north of its border here and uh, all around him as a matter of fact and they're partnering with iran russia and iran are working together to be able to fight off the enemies of mm -hmm. assad and so she accuses in this interview she's accusing the prime minister benjamin netanyahu of of partnering with the enemies of america like america's no longer a friend of israel listen to what he says about that you have a friendship with mr putin and a friendship with china you seem to be inching toward an anti-american block god no let, let me we'll, we'll talk about that because i think there's wow. an impression of that that's a false impression first of all there is there is an irreplaceable ally. It's called the United States of America. You have relations with Russia, and you have relations with China. We can have relations, economic relations, trade relations with other countries as you do. Why not? And the very same people that are making these accusations are the ones that promote the United Nations. The whole point of the United Nations is all the leaders of the nations to come together, together to talk. That's right. Including, you know, Castro came to the United Nations, took a shoe off and beat at the table years ago. I mean, that's the whole point is communicating to be able to mm -hmm. work things out, you know, uh, diplomatically instead of through war. And so it's a good thing that you can communicate, and especially if you have a relationship that's there. But it, it boils down to this. It just looks like, because when you're seeing somebody who was doing something, who was openly for something until they're no longer were the leader or something, and now they're against something, they're just against you. Mm. They're against the direction of the Constitution. They're, they're our interpretation of the Constitution, which means if it says all of our rights come from God, we believe all our rights come from God. We yes. know it is, but the Constitution supports that. If we believe that government is a by the people and for the people, then we believe that. They believe that it's kind of flexible mm -hmm. and it can change. And so you're looking at more of a firm interpretation of the Constitution. You're looking at where Judeo-Christian nation, our roots and foundations are. So we're going the way by the mercies of God, you know, according to what Dutch Sheets just wrote. And I felt that way too. As a matter of fact, when I was reading what Dutch had said and was sent to me by Brett, you know, Brett Holderbaum, that um, uh, I was saying that very thing on the program at that very moment. It's just mercy. I mean, if you look yeah. around, I mean, just look in the mirror. It's all mercy. God is being merciful to us. The very fact that we're still yeah. here yeah. highlights God's mercy. Yeah, and mercy's awesome, and yeah. mercy works. You know, mercy's works. And can you imagine you're going to a court and about to put you in jail and you go, they say, oh, we're gonna give you mercy. No, throw me in jail. You know, put me in for 40 years. Like, thank you, I'll take mercy. But we have to do something. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need to respond to what's going on. And so Israel, during this time, they began to sow. Remember, we talked about the, the brick when they, uh, the prophetic dream of Demetrius Dudeman. I used to say it was Michael Bodea, but it's actually Demetrius Dudeman, where Demetrius Dudeman, when they begin to do away with the American dollar and their, mm -hmm. uh, North Korea and China and Russia were coming together, that whole thing got established, just like God said it would in, in a dream. And now they're trading, and Israel had to begin to trade with that as well as trade with the. Uh, with America because of what was taking place with the past administration. So hopefully that thing's gonna shift, but they built a lot of relationships during that time. As a matter of fact, take a look at this. He has used economic and trade relations to improve Israel's standing in the world by selling, and in some cases giving away, its high-tech inventions. Israel boasts of more startups per capita than anywhere in the world, many based in Beersheba and nations have lined up to buy drones, as India has, 
and cutting-edge agricultural technology, as China has. There's excitement about a new innovation that extracts drinking water out of air. So this is Israeli diplomacy through technology. Exactly right. Countries that used to vote against you regularly at the UN are now your clients. I mean, African nations. It's a revolution there. We can't keep up. This is so exciting because she said countries that used to vote against you. And when we get back for the break, we're going to show you what's called the unstoppable voting block that helps you understand what she's saying because that whole thing is mm-hmm. shifting as we speak. But that Palestinian situation that just keeps on fueling because, you know, Saudi Arabia and other ones yeah. are fueling that thing. And, 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 you know, she comes up and she says, I know what Palestinian people want. And it's like, well, why don't you go solve it? Why didn't you run for yeah. president? And she says, you need to divide up the land. And he's going, that's not it, because we did that already. Settlements, we did that already, and nothing happened. They need to acknowledge that we actually exist as a nation, yeah. and we can have two-state solutions. As a matter of fact, take a look. We stopped in Gaza. We tore out the settlements and gave the Palestinians Gaza. And what happened? Did we get peace? We got 20,000 rockets on our heads and terror tunnels. I think the obsession, the focus on settlements, as though this were the issue, uh, and this is the obstacle to peace. I disagree with that. But they it were, is an obstacle. I mean, No, it it's not an obstacle. Well, you say that, but they don't say that. Yeah, but I'll say something else. The real reason we haven't had peace is because of a persistent refusal of the Palestinians to recognize a Jewish state in any border. You ask us to recognize you, I'm willing to do that. I ask you to recognize us. Recognize the Jewish state, for God's sake. And if they do, this thing will begin to correct itself very quickly. The Palestinians? Well, I'm willing to negotiate with with them anymore. If it doesn't happen... You know, I haven't reversed my position. I've said, look, we will solve this because we want two nation states uh, at peace and with the proper security arrangements. You would be pushing for a two-state solution. Two states for two peoples. And that's where I'm focused. Yeah, I'd like to help to have uh, President uh, Trump, when he gets uh, into the White House, help me work on that. I'd like to see if the Arab states can help me achieve that. It's a new reality, new possibilities. This is such a big deal. If you would have seen this earlier on when, when Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had to speak before the United Nations saying, you're saying nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, when we get back from this break, we're going to show you there's been an unstoppable voting bot that was built between Castro and Russia and, and Islam, and they've been working together. Well, now Castro's gone, and things are beginning to shift mm-hmm. right now. And he just said, I mean, she just said, these are people that used to vote against you. She's talking about the United Nations, which means there's a shifting taking place. You just heard an interview, you've been watching the program, and listened to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu answer the question when somebody said, listen, the people that were voting against you are now supporting you. That's a good <laughs> thing, ma'am. That is an awesome thing. Our president-elect is for mm-hmm. Israel. Uh, it looks like this is beginning before Israel. Let's find out what she's talking about because she's talking about the United Nations and what they refer to as an unstoppable voting bloc between communism and Islam and Russia that came together. Take a look. No matter how you feel about the United Nations, it's the one place on planet Earth where nations get together and attempt to speak with one voice. That's why their resolutions can make a big difference. So when people all around the world see that approximately 40% of the UN Human Rights Council resolutions were against just one country, most of us would assume that country must be a really bad place. Perhaps ruled by, oh, say, a genocidal dictator who kills his own people, or maybe a tyrant continually threatening to annihilate another country. 
But actually, the country that has been condemned more times than every repressive country on earth combined is a democracy. The only viable democracy in the Middle East, Israel. And with these repeated resolutions against Israel, it's easy to see why so many in the international community perceive Israel as a major cause of world problems. But are all these resolutions really justified? Because whether or not you agree with how Israel is handling its many challenges, when you do a basic comparison, like the number of deaths Israel is responsible for with the number of condemnations they've received, and then make that same comparison with other countries, it paints a surprising picture of a possible double standard. What could explain the enormous imbalance? Quick history lesson. In 1975, Cuba needed to gather support in order to take down the biggest democratic superpower dominating the global schoolyard, the United States. Seeing how the UN was mostly controlled by the democratic superpowers, Cuba, along with other communist nations, finally found a way to even the playing field. Because it just so happened that, at the same time, a number of Muslim countries were looking for new creative ways to gang up on Israel. So the communists realized that by joining the Muslims' anti-Israel coalition, they could create an unstoppable voting bloc inside the UN. Because with every resolution they passed against Israel, they simultaneously discredited Israel's ally, the United States. So in 1975, the newfound communist Muslim voting bloc spearheaded the passing of a UN resolution that officially stated, Zionism is a form of racism. Yes, Zionism. The movement trying to find ways to protect Jews from racism was redefined as racism. Which is kind of like saying the civil rights movement is racism and Martin Luther King is a racist. This is why resolution after resolution after resolution against Israel from 1975 until this day easily passes through the UN. So it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. All these people that were voting against Israel who had a scheme worked up in the UN with Castro mm -hmm. and Russia and Islam and all, that they're actually now supporting. So what the devil meant for evil, God has turned around for good <laughs> for those that are called you. and love the Lord. And it's exciting to see what's taking place. So yes, it's a good thing, ma'am, that the enemies of Israel are actually supporting mm -hmm. Israel and the president-elect is supporting Israel. And we are moving our capital from, from Tel Aviv, which is a nice city, to, uh, to the capital of Israel, which is Jerusalem. So this is exciting days. Yes. We're excited. I remind you to pray for the peace of Jerusalem and the peace and protection of Israel. You've just been listening to the highlights from VFN TV and the Data Radio program where we're keeping the conversation light. Listen or watch more programs and check out the VFN Torch at VFNTV.com. Don't forget about our VFN TV app where no matter where you are, you can take the light with you and share with your friends. We want to thank our sponsors and partners who make this program possible. Take the time and support our sponsors. You can locate them at vfntv.com and select sponsors. If you'd like to become a sponsor or a partner, you can do so at vfntv.com. VFN TV and the Daily Radio Program, where we're keeping the conversation light.